And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Adam Hogue, and we got a special episode for you today, an origin episode here on Hogan John's of all the great sound we've had on the podcast over the years. And I want to start it with a special shout out to all the great producers we've had work on this show since 2015, going back to the late Mike Jacobson, who we sorely miss walking around with his White Sox hat on and Starbucks coffee in his hand. Joe Romano from WGN Radio is also a huge reason why this podcast has become what it is. And you know damn well he's listening right now. We love you, Joe. And then, of course, Kent Garrison, our current producer. And we start this special episode with a classic open that Kent produced for us after the 2020 season-ending press conferences. leadership that Ted Phillips has displayed has been extraordinary. It is yet another example of why our family has so much faith in him as the Bears president and CEO. I hurt myself today. I'm particularly grateful for Ted's steady hand. To see if I still feel. When the team faced adversity. I focus on the pain. During this past season. The only thing. And as he and I went through the needle tears a hole, the end of season evaluation process, the old familiar sting, we had vigorous discussions, try to kill it all away over the course of several weeks. But I remember everything. Those conversations, as well as regular meetings, what have I become with Ryan and Matt? including this week, my sweetest friend, have been candid and constructive, everyone I know, and have culminated in the decisions we're sharing with you today. Ryan and Matt are men of character. They are both, like Ted, outstanding leaders. I've been most impressed with how well they collaborate. I was impressed with both of them this past season. I will let you Especially during the six-game losing streak. I will make you. All four of us want what's best for the Bears. There are no egos. There are no other agendas. You stay the hell away from me, you hear? Have mistakes been made? Yes. I wear this crown of thorns. But I think both Ryan and Matt are learning and growing in their roles. Before turning it over to Ted, I want to take a moment to tell Bears fans, we understand your frustration. We're frustrated too. And it would be a perfectly natural reaction to say, back up the truck, major overhaul, whatever you want to call it. After one particularly dispiriting loss this season, a season ticket holder sent me an email that read, fire somebody, we deserve better. I get it. You deserve your Bears being winners. The decisions we're announcing today may not be the easiest or most popular, but we believe they're the best decisions for the Bears. My sweetest friend.
Logan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. We are back. We are out of hibernation, our summer hibernation. Well, kind of. Partly. Partly out of the cave. Well, you dragged me out for like an hour or two here. <laughs> you dragged me. I dragged you out. Yeah. You're the one who made the schedule like a month and a half ago. It's true. <laughs> I guess. And I was like, oh, yeah. So we're back right in the middle of my vacation. And That's the, all right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make it work. I had the full media training camp schedule came out this morning as well. I just saw that. Yeah. That's yeah. when you know it's like, oh, I got to get going here. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks from yesterday is report day. So we're less than two weeks out as we record on this Wednesday morning, uh, trying to cram in all the family time we can here before camp starts. I'm excited about this episode. We have a special one. This was uh, by request today. Um, but first of all, thank you for everyone being patient while we uh, t- took some time off for the last few weeks. Um, this is the dead part of the NFL calendar. Um, of course, John's had some paternity leave in there. Also, some normal vacation. We always take some time off during, during this uh, part of the summer to recharge our batteries because once uh, the Bears report to training camp and we report to training camp, you know, it's that's pretty much it until Valentine's Day. It's one way to look at it, but yes. I, I never really looked at Valentine's Day as like the, the exit point there. So it that, is now that the schedule's 17 games and the Super Bowl's basically I mean, usually, the day before Valentine's you know, I, I don't plan that ahead <laughs> since yeah. the Bears never played that long. But <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Sorry. Just being real. Yeah. Well, that's where... Uh, yeah, but that is... Yeah. But that's kind of how it is. Um, but we had... Uh, a bunch of people sort of, I don't know, sporadically over the last few years request this episode. And I'm excited to do it. It's basically uh, an origin story of all the sound we've had on the episode or on the uh, on the Hogan Johns over the years. Um, we've always played sound. We've always tried to have fun with a lot of the sound bites we get, interviews we do. And uh, a lot of times nowadays we play certain clips that are so old, some of our newer listeners don't even know what they're from or the context behind them. They're still funny, but what's the story behind them? So um, I love this. We, we've kind of had this plan for a couple months now to kind of do this right here in the middle of July. Nothing's going on. Um, there's really no news to talk about. So it's the perfect time to do this. And I'm excited, John's. There's a lot of you're wearing actually one of our favorite yeah. sound bites if you're watching on YouTube. Yes, I uh, I purposely wore this today, which is come out hard and stay hard. This one of our original T-shirts with obvious shirts, which is also a good segue because we do have some exciting news to share that I want to start this episode with as well. We are announcing our first live show in over three years. Has it really been that long? It's been that long because it was. We have not had one since COVID. Since your twelve and four prediction, uh, I don't know <laughs> if that was our last one. It was thirteen and three, by the way. It was a thirteen and three. Yeah, well, I tried worse. to give you, you know, a little more reasonable. Yeah, um, I feel like we must have had one after that, but regardless, it's been a long time, and um, we are excited to announce that. We are going to have a kickoff to training camp show 
the day before, the evening before, I should say, the Bears report to training camp. So Monday, July 24th, less than two weeks away, we will be at the Obvious Shirts store in Wrigleyville doing a live show from the store. So um, a couple things here. We are in the process and have been over the last month or so of sort of revamping and restocking some of our merch with obvious shirts. We're going to come out with some new things. We're going to make sure the popular things uh, are including, I can't guarantee these hats. I know they're working on some, some newer hats, um, but a bunch of that stuff's going to be available in the store and also available to order here shortly. Not quite yet, uh, but in the coming weeks. And we're kind of re-kick everything off the season, our merchandise, everything on July 24th at the Obvious Shirt Store in Wrigleyville. We'll have more details to come, but it'll be at 6 o'clock. Come out, hang out, say hi, grab some merch. Um, it should be a fun evening, so we hope to see you there. I better get a haircut. Yeah, well, that's on my agenda, too, in the next week. That's why I'm wearing a hat today. But it is the Hogan job. I got a great baseball summer tan going, though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it looks great. It's probably why you're wearing a hoodie. Well, it's kind of <laughs> cold today. <laughs> Um, but yes, one of our first ever sound bites. First of all, this podcast goes back to 2015. I know we have some newer listeners. We've had, certainly have listeners that have been with us from the very beginning. Uh, training camp 2015, which means we're going into our ninth season together. Um, started this when I was working at WGN Radio. During training camp, it started with me just sort of picking off whoever I could pick off. At Bourbon A, some player interviews. Some, um, you know, I'd pull John Z. Hey, can you talk some Bears with me today? Pull um, John Moon Mullen, Mark Potash, Kevin Fishbane, whoever was sort of available on any given day um, at it. You know, at Olivet Nazarene University. So little did we know we were all auditioning to be. Well, it wasn't necessarily the plan, <laughs> but yeah, it did kind of work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, so I live the closest to you. Yeah. Well, that was, I was actually going to bring that up. That was really the <laughs> biggest factor. So, um, you know, we, we could have fun with it and say, like, Fishbane was just terrible. And so he didn't get the gig, but that's not really, he very didn't, believable. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't live three blocks away from me, which is really the most. No, we obviously had some chemistry right away. Johnsy lived within walking distance, so he would come over. But I never one, walked. <laughs> once a week. No, he would always drive. And uh, we would record in the basement. And then with my radio background, uh, I always wanted to have, you know, sound bites, whether it was, you know, relevant clips from practice or, or whatever. We wanted to make sure that we always incorporated that. But then that also allowed us to have fun, which has always been, our, our goal here is to give you insider information inside the building at House Hall, but also have a lot of fun along the way, especially because if you look at the history of the Chicago Bears uh, during the this podcast frame, it's been pretty bad. It's it's not been uh, there's not been a lot of great football to talk about, uh, save for really the 2018 season, uh, which still ended very uh, you know in heartbreaking fashion, but. So let's go back in time a little bit into the time capsule. I think the the T-shirt here is one of the first ones we should start with because it was one of our first sound bites, courtesy of Harold Jones Cordy. I think we gotta um, come out hard and stay hard. So that's in the old 
Hallis Hall locker room, if I remember correctly. I, I was in that media scrum, and it's one of those sound bites where, like, oh, that's good. We could use that with anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's workable in print. I was with the Chicago Sun Times at that time. And then, yeah, we were doing this podcast, and I, for, I forget the actual context, but Harold, HJQ, had become a starter. For the Bears at that point, he was an undrafted free agent, very physical player, not not the biggest safety, but he became a starter at some point that season. Yeah, and this was just like you know before a game uh, during game week. Yes, talking about you know what they need to do to win, and uh, you know makes sense. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. And then it became like a, a staple of the podcast for years because it was in our open. And I don't know. We just play it. We played it a lot. There it is. So uh, a bear that probably not many Bears fans would even remember has been a huge part of this podcast over the last eight years. He started four games for the Bears in 2015 as a rookie and then 12 in 2016, two interceptions in his career. I think he spent some time with the Chiefs after that. But uh, yeah, he was one of Ryan Pace's first like waiver wire claims where he has to join the active roster despite being an undrafted rookie. Do you remember that? Uh, Yes. Yes, I think. I mean, I probably wouldn't have remembered off the top of my head how he got there, but yeah. Um, And then I I do remember, though, he had a huge game in Tampa. Like I remember writing about how he played in Tampa against the Bucs in one game. So yeah, he was a... he was a fun player. Didn't last that long uh, with no. the Bears, but uh, you know he's he's he lives forever on this podcast. Um, another guy who is probably just going to live forever, uh, maybe actually in life too, but uh, definitely on this podcast, John Fox, <laughs> our guy. Uh, no, <laughs> so many sound bites. <laughs> keep going, just keep going. It, it's funny because like I have a. Uh, the, the soundboard I have in front of me, I have like, there's like different categories and one category, most of them are like split up by year or something or whatever. There's just one, there's just John Fox, a whole category. And then when I go into my computer where I have a lot of other stuff saved, it's the only one that has its own folder. Just John Fox. And there's so, so many, of course, some of the classics. And uh, Carlos Santos. Because people forget Cairo Santos has actually been on the Bears twice. He originally um, was a member of the Bears early in the John Fox days. And he was on the injury report. And, of course, his name is Cairo. But as John Fox is naming off the lengthy amount of injuries that they were dealing with that season, um, he you know he just happened to change his name. And uh, Carlos Santos. Well, those were the the years where the Bears are trying to make up for their mistake of cutting Robbie Gold, Connor Barth, Roberto Aguayo. Yes, he came through uh, training camp at one point in Bourbonnet. Ah, the memory. <laughs> well, he came through. He got paid a lot of money by the Bears for two weeks of work because they had to cl- claim his salary too. That one did not work out. It was not good. Yeah. Well, there's a couple um, couple stories we wanted to get to. One. The the thing about 
Fox was he gave you, he literally gave us one of these every week. And so it became a segment in the three years that he was, because this podcast started when in Fox's first year. So all three years that John Fox was here. And it was a weekly occurrence that, you know, he would give us something like this. I was a math major. I wasn't actually, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, just something like that. And there's an annoying kid's song. What does the fox say? So our our longtime listeners will remember this because we did a weekly thing during the season that sounded like this. What does the fox say? You know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliarity, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Um, uh, what the fox say? Oh, it's so good. There was just so many. And I, I think like the whole context of what the media's relationship with John Fox became, it, it, it was friendly at first. You know, it's Foxy. He would come talk to us on the sideline during warm-ups. He, he was friendly. You'd see him out and about, you know, in Indianapolis and things. He was different than Mark Tressman. He was different than Lovey Smith. But that relationship got so contentious so quickly. It was kicking us off campus in Bourbonnais. It was eliminating some access that had been longtime staples of the Bears organization. And they haven't gone back to that since. No. So he changed so much about the media relationship with the team. And the team's never gone back on that in, in, in so many ways. Now they've also brought... The, the media or they, they brought training camp back to, to house. Also, there's been some changes there, but it got contentious. And for, for some time, like at some points, I thought he was just trying to be funny or he thought he was just being smarter than us with what he was saying. But then it was just, at some point, it was ridiculous. Just the back and forth between the media and him. Yeah, and it... um you know, sometimes it didn't even make sense. Uh, uh, there, I have a couple. I didn't pull everything, but there's a couple I came across um, where there was one exchange where Rich Campbell just straight up asked him, "Like, what? What do you? What, what's your end goal here of just like lying about the injuries?" <laughs> and he like he just straight up said it. He's like, I, "There's there's no incentive for me to to give you more than the body part." And 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 so it just. Uh, and then there's another clip where he's like, "I try not to be myself when I'm up here with you." You know, like he just started eventually by the end, just like sort of saying. He didn't care. Say, yeah, he just started saying these things out loud, which is fine. But we did have uh, one, um, one, one story I wanted to bring back because it was a good one, and it involved Brian Hoyer, Alshon Jeffrey, a game played in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium, <laughs> and some hot dogs in the press box. It could have been an option. You know, I don't know that uh, it can be super critical. I think, you know, when you're out there playing quarterback, it looks a little different than when you're up in a press box uh, you know, having hot dogs. But you know, as, a, as a coach, to you as a coach, does that illustrate the difference between Hoyer and Cutler? Well, I'm not going to get into all this, you know, as far as differences between two guys. Uh, you know, I just think that, you know, it would have been an option that um, – you know, had we had the, the coolness of the hot dog laden press box, we might, might have gone there. He was open from up there. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, he was open. He was open from that film I just looked at too. <laughs> what have you expressed 
So in so many ways, like that exchange was just like the perfect synopsis of everything you just said and explained about the relationship. Funny and insulting Fox. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because the reality, if I remember right, uh, that game ended with Hoyer had a chance to hit Elshon Jeffrey wide open down the field and he didn't see him. And he went somewhere else. They they blew a lead against the Colts, and the Colts weren't very good that year. No, I think Cam and, Meredith had a an outstanding game. Did he yeah, not? Uh, I think so. But the, the reality was, it was one of those plays where like everybody up high in the press box, because you do have a better view, obviously, than when you're standing on the field with grown ass men running at you uh, in the pocket. You know, it, it's like, oh, he's wide open. And he did, you know, he didn't hit it, and so that's where the questioning came from. And so you have, uh, you know, a fair point from Fox that it's easier to see that from the press box than when you're on the field, sure. But you don't have to like insult the media at the same time. Like all we do up there is eat hot dogs and and uh, you know we don't really know what we're talking about, which is basically what he started that whole exchange with. But then by the end of it. He admits, yeah, he was wide open, and you guys were right. You right. saw it, and we saw it on film, too, and the throw should have yeah. been made because it's the NFL, and that's your job. It's like So the whole thing was just ridiculous, but also funny and gave us a soundbite at the same time, which was like the three years of John Fox in a nutshell right there. Right. Like, Brian Hoyer's job is to complete those passes. Like, our job in the media is to ask the head coach and quarterback why he didn't. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, it's... Just, you know, like what Fox would say. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, well done. It'd be well said. <laughs> he just had so many. Yeah, and the reality was things weren't those. well said a lot, and uh, you know, they weren't well done either. That's why it only lasted three years. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. <laughs> Another classic one. So many good ones. Um, and then. As I try to sort through all the stuff that I have here, um, there was our guy in the same era, Vic Fangio. Do your research. <laughs> Gave us a lot of a lot of clips too, um, because now, he that was, one specifically was um, an exchange with JJ, right? JJ Stankovitz. I believe so, The yeah. former NBC sports reporter, now the PA announcer for the Colts. Um, there was a back and forth with them. But Vic, like the side story of that is that Vic actually emailed JJ later and apologized because JJ was actually right on something, wasn't it? Isn't yeah, that so, part of the side story? Yeah, so he's basically saying that J whatever, and I don't have the whole clip, unfortunately, but whatever JJ brought forth, he was basically say, do your research, you're wrong. Um, and then it turned out JJ was actually right. And that but And Vic went back to him. Whatever. He gave us this. Do your research. Which we use forever whenever, you know, one of us uh ten times an episode doesn't have our facts right. Do and your I, research. I think the like one of the most interesting like sidebars of that whole Fox era is when Fox is just like Vic Fangio at that point is like winning everybody over. At the same point, John Fox is basically being fired every week by the media fans. At the same time, Vic was, you know, strengthening his own head coach credentials and, and doing his best to endear himself to the media. 
Yeah, which he finally got that opportunity. Um, and I still think if the Broncos had had a better quarterback while he was there, they they would have had a lot more success. And one of the side stories I'm sure we'll talk about at some point this season is him going to Miami and what the Dolphins can be with Vic Fangio and outrunning that defense. Oh, boy. Uh, but it was fun having Vic around. He was so blunt. He was so honest. He was, you know, he would just call it how it was. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. And he gave us a lot of sound bites, too, along the way, <laughs> which was good. Um, another wait, wait, one. Wait, hold on. W- which player was that in reference to? Adrian Amos. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. Uh, probably not. That's how it was. Um, all right. Another player from that era that we miss for the sound bites. Our guy, Pernell McPhee. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. It's one of my favorite exchanges. Peggy <laughs> Kaczynski. With uh, Pernell McPhee. Hall of Fame, two words. Of course, that's three. Um, and then you've heard this one a bunch. This was actually from when he went back to the Ravens, though. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> Just that laugh was so good all yeah. the time. One of my favorite exchanges with Pernell McPhee is, I think it's probably the same conversation when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. I believe that would be the first matchup that Pernell McPhee had against the Packers. And I think it could have been Peggy. She was with NBC Channel 5 at that time, was asking, like, how do you stop him? And his reply was just hit his ass. Oh, hit yeah. his ass like multi, like that's all you would say. Hit, hit his, his ass, ass multiple times, and I, I loved it. Like I love the interactions with Pernell McPhee, even like off camera, off recording. Like you could talk to him about football, about a lot of things. One of my favorite players to cover that the Bears have had during this, whatever you want to call it, since the uh, we've been covering the team since Lovey Smith. But one of my favorite players to cover. There was one more. Um, I think I have yes. Do you remember what Pernell McPhee called Mitch Trubisky? Oh, yeah. I think, I think after this happened, there was, I don't really know the whole story, but I, I feel like there was some pushback that they, they didn't like that he called him this. <laughs> but uh, here's the exchange on this one from Pernell McPhee on uh, Mitch Trubisky. What are your impressions of Trubisky? Oh, the pretty boy assassin. <laughs> I love the pretty boy assassin. You know, that's my boy. He, he's real calm. He real posed. Um, he young. He got his growing pains. But um, I love the pretty boy assassin. Is that a new nickname, or has that been around for a while? Flo, what Flo at? Flo gave it to him. We kind of. Hey, what 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 we call Mitch? Pretty boy what? Pretty boy. Pretty boy assassin. That's his new nickname. That's what we call him. You know. So Flo would be Leonard Floyd. Yes. And that was the year, so that was 2017, right? When Mitch yeah, was so a rookie. Was Mitch's rookie year. So he wasn't starting at that time. They had Mike Lennon, as everybody can remember or, or refuses to remember, and they had Mark Sanchez. Those were the Bears' number one and number two quarterbacks. So Mitch was the third-string quarterback going against Leonard Floyd, going against Pernell McPhee in practice. And you saw, you were like one of the first ones to call it out right away. Oh, number 10 is better than both of these guys. Yes. <laughs> and yes. you can see it against the starters. And now Mitch's career didn't pan out here for a variety of reasons. But 
But that was still accurate at the time. That Mitch was clearly the best quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, better which, arm. Which speaks to how... Kid can move. Guess, better poorly, athlete. Yeah. How screwed you could they see were it. at the position. <laughs> now, but, we didn't know that at the time. We just thought no. he was... You, you saw a more talented player than two veterans. Yeah. So, I guess they called him pretty boy... Assassin. Did you ever hear that behind the scenes that like they didn't actually like that they called him oh, that? Sure. Or, yeah. And then they were like, let's not like let don't say that anymore out loud because I think that was the only time it ever came. No, out. I, I think it c- continued like that week for a little bit. Yeah. Of course, you know Pat Finley asking the stories on it and stuff like that, oh, <laughs> asking around the locker room. But yeah, um, I do recall it kind of not lasting long. At least the conversation about the pretty boy assassin. But we should also remember that by week five. Mike Glennon was benched and Mr. Trubisky was in. Yes. Yes. Um, that was an interesting time because, like, if they – Mitch was, you know, essentially the third-string quarterback, but obviously he was – it, it was as – I don't know about as big, but pretty much close to as big as when they drafted Fields, and it's – everyone wants to hear from the first-round quarterback, but they weren't necessarily making him available that much because he was the third-stringer. Um, so we had to kind of ask around, you know, his teammates to get to get the quotes on Mitch and what they thought of him. So he was available like once a week in the corner of the locker room, mm-hmm. where quarterbacks usually go to the lectern or podium, what have you. And it was it was different. One of the many interesting circumstances of covering this this football team. Well, and everyone was there, so like you had a t- the whole oh, thing took up like man. four or five lockers at a yeah. time. Um, and yeah, so uh, speaking of Mitch, he loved you. Uh, you love the interception questions like I was counting you for that. Well, that was to me, right? That was to you. <laughs> Which was always it amused me because it's not like certainly on the list of people who are hard on Mitch. I'm not sure you're at the top of the list, but yeah, you I did have about a habit. That one. You I did forget. have a habit of asking the questions. No when one you else throw, would do it <laughs> when you when you throw interceptions, and eventually Mitch Mitch caught on. Uh, you love the interception questions like I was counting you for that. <laughs> no one else would do it. <laughs> oh, memories. Yes. Memories. Uh, I, I, there's, there's, there's some good ones here. Do you remember, uh, when Eddie Jackson was drafted? Go on. Well, he had the, uh, remember the big storyline and why he dropped to the fourth round was because of the surgery he had on his leg <laughs> and the uh, permanent rod that had to be put in his leg, which drew some questions from members of the media. Uh, uh, I forgot about this one. This, yeah. this is a classic one. If you're a relatively new listener, you're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Lauren Majera, who used to work at WGN TV, um, you know, she, she wanted it. She wanted to know the specifics on this rod. How big is the rod? Uh, I'm not sure how thick it is, but I think it's it's probably kind of thick. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna play the Josh sitting one? Is is our elementary oh, grammar school too. locker room humor comes out for we a little got, bit? Well, we we are definitely known for the, some of this on the on the show, and uh, proud proud of it. Um, I just. Can we listen to that one more time? Because first of all, the question was, how big is the rod? And then he answered it with how thick it was. And I still, to this day, like, if you just listen to Eddie Jackson, I think he leans into it a little bit. Oh, he was laughing. Right? I, 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 that was actually in the media center of Hallis Hall. And I, I gosh, the, the memory's working today. It must be the coffee. And he was, there was a big smile on his face. Yeah. 
when he was answering the question. It may be a little giggle after. <laughs> how big is the round? Uh, I'm not sure how thick it is, but I think it's it's probably kind of thick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Also gives you perspective how long Eddie Jackson's been around now. Good for him. Um, and obviously one of the big leaders on this team as we go into the 2023 season. The uh, one that John's just brought up, though, is we go back to Bourbon A now when Josh Sitton, which I always had to be careful with that name. If I don't slow that one down, Josh Sitton, it, uh, it gets a little dicey. Um, but they were talking about how the linemen would, they had a smoker there, I guess, and they were they were smoking meat all the time. And our good friend Stacy Dales, who's been on this show many, many times, um, wanted to know this. Josh, who's the best um, meat smoker of your offensive line? Um, what do you mean by meat smoker? <laughs> so, no, play that again. Yeah, the this best is part's a, not even his response. It's the, the laugh from our friend Patrick Finley. <laughs> Yes, into the mic. This is a this is definitely one of those bites you got to play a few times um, to to truly appreciate. But the uh, the the very serious question, by the way, from Stacy, who's the best meat smoker on the team? And then the giggle in the middle is Pat Finley, our good friend Pat Finley, who just happened to be right next to the microphone. Josh, who's the best? Um Meat smoker of your offensive line. Um, what do you mean by meat smoker? <laughs> and then there's the dry response. What do you mean by meat smoker? Oh, man. That's classic. Pat, Pat, Pat's laugh there gets me every time. It's so good. It's so good. That's one of the best memories. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the... And Stacy Dales... We love her. Friend of the show. Had a great sense of humor about all of it afterwards. I oh, yeah. That. I remember like if, all that afterwards. If you can't have fun. Covering the players football. Too, yes, yes. Like, like, I, like the player, you know, Josh just being able to make that comment in front of a microphone, too. If you can't have fun as we're grinding, especially when we're grinding through the days of training camp, then we're all just taking this way too seriously. Yeah. Those were the days that they started to change the access. Yeah. Right? We That's, were in that tent. There was a tent that coming off the field by the player's entrance, which we were never around in the Lovey Smith Trustman Trustman days. They they created a tent. There was a podium, a lectern and all that. And remember they had like the, the cheap plastic chairs yeah. set up in there. Then they had another tent next to it where there was just like randomly placed chairs next to each other for like the one on one interviews. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I, I could go on and on about how things yeah. have changed over the years. <laughs> Your memory certainly hasn't uh, waned on that one. It's the coffee. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, and then there's our uh, our good friend. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Give <laughs> a long-standing character on this show. The dude literally sounded like a robot. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. I mean, if that does not sound like a human robot, I don't know who is. What is? What? It would be an it, right? <laughs> like, so that comes from... Al Riveron was the head of officiating, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't know him, but there would be bad calls every week, which always happens. It's the NFL, but he would put these videos out, and he would only focus on the ones that they would defend. There was a video. There was never a video. It was like, hey, we screwed this one up. Like the NBA puts out their officiating report nightly, and they're like, yeah, this should have been a travel, and they missed it. It's like, and we're not even asking for that. It's just like when there's an egregious call, it was like the worst call of the week. They do a video on some other obscure call that happened. Like this was pass interference, and this is why. And Al would start every video. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. And then we, of course, got really ticked off when the Zach Miller play happened in yeah. New Orleans. Worst call of like the decade. Which was just a bad call to begin with on the field. Uh, should have been a touchdown. They call it incomplete after a review when there was really no evidence in the video to overturn it, on top of it, Zach Miller suffers this horrific leg injury on the play, uh, which we then find out 24 hours later was actually life-threatening. 
So it was was just a crazy thing. And on top of that, they take the touchdown away. So everyone for days now is like, how could you reverse this? Such a bad call. Um, he's in the hospital for over a week in New Orleans. George McCaskey's down there with him. He doesn't come back with the team. Like, there's all this drama going around. People are just happy that Zach's alive, quite frankly. And... Al drops a video on like Wednesday, like, dude, read the room. Oh, and he's like, man. and he comes out and defends the call. And on top of it, literally points to his shadow in the video. Like anybody with eyes who looks at it, he's like, this is the football touching the ground. And there, there's no football. It's like a dark spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dark spot from the shadow. No, from I, the I, lights I, I, coming it was down. embarrassingly bad. It, the whole thing. It, it was just one of those things where it's like, even if you, like, to your death, believe that that, that that was the right call, like, don't put that video out. Like, what are you doing? And he, it was our good guy, Al. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. So we, we had robot Al. We had fun with that forever. Where do you want to go next? Because we got a lot of stuff. Um, One of my favorites is how we've... <laughs> we we kind of became known for uh, pointing out the names that would be wrong on the broadcasts, mm-hmm. which got which still to this day when we get one, like five people will tweet it at us in the middle of the game. Yeah, please keep that going. Which is helpful because we're not, usually we're not watching the game in a scenario where we can like really hear the broadcast or hear the mistakes as they happen. And I'm also sort of sensitive. This is always honestly just a moment of, you know, transparency being a little cringy for me because, like, I have a lot of respect for the people that do play-by-play and analyst work on TV, and it's it's not easy. There's so many names you got to know. You're you're not around these teams every single week, um, especially the TV announcers that are you know in different cities every week calling different teams. They're going to screw up some names, um, but it goes back to the conversation we just had. You got to have some fun with yeah, it along if, the way. If you're not having fun, you shouldn't be covering this sport or any other sport. Yeah, so um, there's been a bunch. For some reason, Kyle Fuller's <laughs> name be- Often. became such a problem. And it, it, it's, it was especially funny because it was just it's just Kyle Fuller. It's not a hard name, but it was like almost every week. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. And Kendall Fuller delivering for the Bears defense. Now that was because his brother was Kendall. Was Kendall. Um, and so that would that would mess things up a little bit. Um, but there was one where he was called Kyler Filler, which I always enjoyed. My favorite one was Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller. Yeah, there was a Kurt Fuller. I don't know if I have that the, the, one saved. I mean, personally, I don't know many Kurt's. <laughs> Kurt? I mean, I have a friend named Kurt, but yeah. Really? Yeah. Sit up at my wedding. Lives in Arlington Heights. It's a good well, I guy. I think I've met Kurt. Yeah, you probably have. I don't know. Well, then you still don't know what Kurt. I don't know. Uh, there was one more recently I actually have here from this past season. Good job by Equinemia St. John. He's going to get the block. Equinemia St. John. Why not? So we've had some fun with the, with that over the years. Um, let's see here. Do we go to the Nagy era already? Ah, do it. Do it. Because we got some good ones. 
um, of course, from Matt Nagy. And uh, that's not cliche talk. That's real talk. What question are you asking me? Now I'm trying to find. I don't have it right here in front of me. The all timer. But we 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 know as I oh here it is. Buy me some penis and cracker jack. I mean, that's got to be on the list of like our top five ever. See, my my favorite thing about that is Matt Nagy actually knew it, and later, who asked him about that? Like just like off. Oh yeah. Like um, not off the record, but it was kind of just like part of that informal conversation, like like before the press conference or after the press conference. Probably Pat Finley. I feel like he actually did an interview about it at some point, though. About like, talking about his... Well, at some point, there was an acknowledgement, I think from the players, but also himself, that he he does not say the word peanuts right. Right. Because of his Pennsylvanian accent? I mean, that's what he blamed it on. He did, yes. Good memory. Play that because, again real quick. Because someone, maybe it was a player, somebody said that they were actually kind of bracing for this when they heard he was singing the National <laughs> Anthem because they've always, they always knew that he, when he says the word peanuts, it sounds like this. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jam. <laughs> so, like, they were ready for it. You know, like I, I really enjoyed covering Matt Nagy. Like over the first couple years, he was he was an open book. He was great with us, um, but then I think the pressure got to him. The whole Mitch Trubisky experience got to him. We know how that ended. That not ended well on both sides. Um, check out our story on it in the Athletic. It's still it's still out there somewhere. Um, but yeah, things changed with Matt Nagy from the start to finish, as they seem to do. <laughs> With head coaches in their tenures here, um, but yeah, he he showed a sense of humor with his rendition of the seventh inning stretch, seventh inning stretch at Wrigley Field, which, thankfully, um, you know, yeah, same thing. You got to have fun with this stuff and and not take it too seriously. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm going to try to stay in chronological order here because this is where things start to go a little askew, right? After the 2019 season and then 2020 goes really poorly, but they still make a playoff game, but it was just an ugly season. COVID, all the stuff. And of course it led to one of the worst press conferences we've ever heard that I think set the wheels in motion and in, in in hindsight for a lot of the change that we now have just a few years later, uh, which includes, you know, Kevin Warren being here and Ted Phillips in retirement, um, a bunch of stuff, new GM, new head coach, but two sound bites really stood out from the end of season press conference after 2020 that kind of summed everything up perfectly. And uh, we, we certainly had to play them a lot afterwards. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. Ted Phillips. Um, that one's going to stick for a long time, right? Like, it's kind of his last big soundbite that everyone's clinging to, and it's just part of the history and not only of the, the, uh, the team, but also the show. It just... 
at the time was cringy. Of course, everyone else seemingly realizing not everything else is there at all. And they went ahead in 2021 and uh, things just kind of got worse. I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. That was also from that same press conference. But if you just even fast forward, um, well, a few months, they end up with Justin Fields, which is great. But then a few months after that, they're not even getting him starter reps. And one of the two of us on this show lost their mind. What a waste of time training camp was, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, looking back at that 2020 season, like, Matt Nagy had a great first year. Second year wasn't good. Makes the playoffs in that just, just very different 2020 year. But I felt like the weight of expectations just brought that whole organization down. They didn't like, in most cases, like covering this team, making the playoffs in two out of three seasons, it's at least some level of, okay, we're on the right path. Like something's working here. But that whole press conference over Zoom, the whole mood of it was just depressing. Yeah. I think it's rooted in, well, at that point, the Bears had clearly given up on Trubisky. Like, they got something wrong. This huge swing at the fences was missed. The head coach was giving up on him. And the GM was going to give up on him, too. Like, that whole weight of missed opportunity, expectations that weren't met, like, you could just feel it. But in most cases, making the playoffs, albeit as the extra seventh seed in one year, for this organization, for elite, like they would be okay with that, but like th- something changed that year, did it not? Did, didn't you just have that feeling in, in 2020, that season? Yeah, I, I mean, well, I think that that's when, um, well, uh, I mean, a lot of the things that have been reported in hindsight, um, in, in you know, by all of us, but especially in some of the deep dives that that you did and uh, other outlets did where we heard more of these stories about, you know, like for example, what really happened with Kyle long after that London game, um, on the way home and, and y- y- Trubisky s- being igno- ignored. Yes. Trubisky just g- being completely ignored after, well, that was after the 2020 season, right? Or it during it. That, there's, yeah. 2020 was the, the Nick Foles run of things. Yeah. Um, and just not even going to his exit meeting, right? Like, I think what happened in 2020 was those cracks started to really start to spread the foundation of whatever Matt Nagy had built up, which I I do think was real in the beginning. In 18, I think there were a lot of good things that were that were headed on the right track. Um, so I think that's, and then just the. The problem with that press conference was it was just so, it was so tone deaf. And one of the issues that I had was just there actually were things that you could credit Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace with as like concrete reasons why you were going to give him one, give them one more year. But they didn't really do that. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. They they just gave a lot of non answers and 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 silly statements like that one. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. 
which brings us to um, actually little inside production here on the show. I asked Kent, our producer, if he could throw an old open on the start of this. So maybe by the time you're listening, you've already heard this, but that led to one of my favorite opens we ever did, which was the hurt open from Johnny cash. So that would be perfect to throw on this podcast. If it has, hasn't already, because that, that was from that day. Um, and it just, <laughs> I remember so many of our listeners just loving that. That was just like the perfect way to open that episode. It was fantastic. It fit. It fit perfectly. Isn't yeah. that the day they use collaboration like a thousand times as well? Or some well, version well, that of collaborate was, or collaboration or... Maybe. That was Pace and Nagy together. I don't know. I think that was earlier. But by the time we got to training camp and saw that the way that Fields was going to be used after they really quite frankly, lucked into getting them. Although you do give them credit for jumping up and, and pulling the trigger. And See, pulling I, I, the I never viewed it as luck because they were prepared for it, but what they weren't prepared for was like they didn't have a, de- a plan to develop them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. So. But then there's our... Uh, our awesome listeners too that have been contributed so many great sound bites with our voicemails over the years. Anyway, uh, who cares? Classic, especially Bob. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. Put in another there it is. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to hit that one. What? With all due respect to our friend Bob, I don't think anything's going to top that. <laughs> We've had some At good all. rants on the voicemail God, who line. Who was the here. cornerback? Oh man, now my my memory is is failing me. Who was the cornerback that was struggling? Duke Shelley. Was it Duke Shelley and well, I think uh, that was K- from Kendall Vildor? I think it was from when Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley were like on the field together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kent's confirming it was Vildor. Yeah. Was probably not going to be starting this year, but still be on the team. That was good. Can you hit it one more time for me? Oh, yeah. You love that one. I love the passion of it. Yeah. Uh, I think we got through all the ones that I had pulled. I mean, there's... There's still plenty of good ones. Uh, Chuck Pagano. The philosophy is, is a kill philosophy. Keep it likable and learnable. So that's an acronym for not, you, you know what I'm talking about. Keep it likable and learnable. What, what about Brock Olivo? Do you want that stuff? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, uh, I can pull it here. I had it. I was looking at it earlier and I was like, ah, there's not going to be enough time. Do people even remember Brock Olivo? But it was pretty good. Um, if you give me just like a minute here to stall, I, I was, cause I was looking at it earlier. You, there, there are more here. There's Dow Loggins talking about expanding packages. Mm-hmm. There is the Brock Olivo kill it acronym. There is, well, Chuck Pagano about staying on the grass. It's good to be back on the grass. 
there we could go on with John Fox, but we already hit on him. Um, trying to think of um, some well, I have ones. one of the one of the ones you mentioned. You know, we're trying to expand his package. Has he struggled with expanding his package? <laughs> we'll exchange between Tom Loggins and JJ Stankovitz. All right. I know our guy Chris Elba doesn't love that we would play this, but this is part of the podcast. So we gotta we gotta go back in time and then maybe we'll retire and never play it again, Chris, we promise. But this is one of my favorite of all time. Chris, uh Matt Nagy's always been kind of the past half full kind of guy. <laughs> One of my we're also forgetting Juan Castillo. Yes, an ass full, half full kind of guy instead of a glass half full. It's so good. Good slip of the tongue there. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, I don't know if I have the Juan Castillo stuff. The, 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 you're not listening, Chris. You're not listening, Chris. Oh, here it is. You're not listening, Chris. <laughs> and then Juan. This I know we could talk about because we still. Chris talks about it all the time. Juan had like, I think he turned it into a bit eventually, but he, for, Juan Castillo always wanted to relate what he did for a living to what we did. And there's just, just the comparisons were just not, they just didn't add up. There was just no. not, they weren't, they weren't the same. And then he would always be like, Chris, do you have kids? They'd be like, no. And then like two weeks later, Chris, do you have any kids? And like, I think at first he like didn't realize that he was like constantly asking this poor guy if he had kids all the time. But then I think he did realize it, and then he just kept doing it. Yeah, Mark Potash. Like they had parenting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, man. So um, that was good. I was trying to. Uh, I was having all kinds of problems earlier today with trying to get some of the stuff to load. So that's part of the problem. I do have this Brock Olivo stuff here if I can get it to load. Um, Brock Olivo was the um, assistant special teams coordinator under Jeff Rogers. That's right. For like a year only, right? But before that, he was the Broncos. He was the Broncos special teams coordinator. And he went viral in his press conference for like all these mottos he had and all this stuff. But it actually was similar to the Chuck Pagano kill philosophy. We're going to be simple. We're going to play fast. We're going to play hard. We're going to kill it. Okay. This is a great acronym. You guys, right? Kill it. Keep it likable and learnable. It's the same acronym. Yeah. We're going to kill it. Um, where's this other one? Here we go. Our motto, and it's going to be on my office, is going to be cut it loose and have fun. That's what we're going to do. Cut it loose and have fun. That's our, That's not a motto. That's, well. <laughs> can't be. <laughs> our motto, and it's going to be on my office, is going to be cut it loose and have fun. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be on the office. Cut it loose and have fun. He, uh. Didn't he like go to Italy? Did yeah, I, I just looked him up. He went from being the Bears special teams assistant to being like the head coach of Italy for a year, or a coach at Italy. I don't know. He was in Italy, huh. and then he he's had a couple of runs in, in different capacities for some colleges. All right, here's uh here's one more. This was, I think this was when he was actually with the Broncos. Good afternoon, folks. Brock Olivo, special teams coordinator. 
I want to thank Vance Joseph for not only the six-hour grueling interview to test my fortitude and whatnot knowledge. Brock, using your words, the six-hour grilling, what was the toughest question you got? Whew. Toughest question I, I, I got was about um, a lasagna dish that my wife makes. She's Sicilian, and so Coach was really, no. Um, and look, man, we're going to be simple. We're going to be simple. We're going to play fast. We're going to play hard. We're going to kill it, okay? This is a great acronym, you guys, right? Kill it. Keep it likable and learnable. And we're going to turn our guys loose. And really, our motto, and it's going to be on my office, is going to be cut it loose and have fun. That's what we're going to do. Well, uh, I'm going to teach the guys some, uh, some Italian. And uh, like same I said, there, there's going to be no shortage <laughs> of, uh, of pastries. I don't think I've heard the full thing. It's a niche. And I sold it to, I sold it to my teammates, and I've, and I've sold it to my, to my players like this. Look, man, how cool is it, okay, when everyone else is shunning special teams and putting it on the back burner? How cool are you if you're different and you make it a priority? How cool is that, man? cool is that man <laughs> that was a montage from like a bunch of different answers oh okay yeah no i was just like this is gonna be pastries ask me about my wife's lasagna so good all right that, that was, was fun. fun i'm trying to i'm trying to remember yeah. if there's anyone we, we left out oh i'm sure there is there's so much um uh where where's our friend patrick finley that's from the NFL owners meetings a few years ago. Yep. I mean, there's some other. Um, I mean, there's been fun with my name. And and other shows around the the country getting it wrong. It hit that one, which we've which we've had uh, a lot of fun with. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. That was Dan Orlovsky. Uh, this happened on the Pat McAfee show once. Pool reporter Adam Hodge. Hog. 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 Hodge. 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 His interview with referee Tony Carrenti. That's a good one. And then uh, Nick Wright, who should know my last name. His quote, courtesy of Adam Hodge. <laughs> that was after the, uh, the, the game in Pittsburgh a couple years ago when... Um, is that the Cassius Marsh? The Cassius Marsh. Wasn't that Soldier Field? That was Soldier Field. No, it was in Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh? Yeah, it was mo the Monday Night Football game. Fields actually had that. Uh, uh, Fields actually played really well in that game. And um, <laughs> there were three calls in that game that were controversial. Yes. And then the ref literally turned into Cassius Marsh coming off the field. Yep. And they flagged him for, and then he flagged him for. Taunting, yeah. Which he literally cel he literally got up and celebrated a huge play in that guy. I forget if it was a TFL or a sack, um, on third down, and he got up and just like celebrated like anybody would celebrate a sack, but he just happened to be facing the Steelers bench. And then, but if Tony Carranti didn't throw the flag right away, it wasn't until they like bumped into each other. Then he then he throws the flag. Um, and then I ended up being the one that did the pool report interview with uh, Tony Carrenti afterwards, which is why all those, it was a big story. Like all the next day, one, it was Monday night football. And then, so the next day was all the 
morning oh, yeah. sports shows around the country were talking about it, and they were all referencing that interview, and um, no one got my name right, which is fine because it gave us a bunch of content for this podcast, which is what we're here for. It's what we need. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm grateful that they screwed that up. Just like uh, I wish I still had the Les Grobstein cut calling me Adam Hogg. <laughs> Because he 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 would do that regularly. Um, all right, well, this is fun, great idea. This is uh, from our listeners that, that requested this. So happy we were able to put it together. Hope people enjoyed it. Yeah, and I'm sure we're forgetting some. Reach out to us on Twitter. Maybe we'll yeah. play them in the next episode because we are coming back next week. Yeah, for one more show, and then we're really into it with training camp. Then we're yeah. really busy. Yeah, next week's show will be more football-y. We'll, uh, of course, talk storylines going into camp and everything to expect. Uh, we do have the schedule for camp. We um, got our, our our media notice of how everything is going to work. It sounds mostly like how it was last year, and um, and it's going to be fun. I'm John's, John's and I, right before the show, were talking about how uh, we're almost getting to the point where we're burned out from not working. It's true. If that makes sense. Because <laughs> there's a lot of kids and stuff and <laughs> still not a lot of sleep. I need to see some football. Yes. But that's why we do this. We take our break. We go to our family until we get sick of them. And then we want football back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like truthfully, like the break from, from football is not that rejuvenating. What, yeah. what it is for me, if I'm being honest, it's like the first few days of pads. Like you can actually smell it, the grass. The sounds like that's what gets me going. You can smell the pads. Yes. Well, that's that's smelly sweat, but it's you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. The grass. It's the sounds. It's the it's it's everything about training camp that gets the blood flowing, gets the ideas rolling again. You get to see football. As yeah. Well. Um. Well, speaking of uh, football, for those craving more football talk, we really encourage you between now and uh, the next episode next week that we'll have for you to check out. The Play Callers, um, an awesome new podcast out from The Athletic. Uh, Jordan Roderick, uh, a lot of great interviews. I have not had quite had a chance to listen to all this yet. I will um, once I get back to my commuting lifestyle <laughs> and I'm listening to a ton of podcasts. Um, but it's already saved on, on, on Spotify for me where I listen and can't wait to listen to a lot of great interviews, inside story of of some of the coaching and Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan and all the stuff came together. So uh, if you like football, definitely check it out. Play callers courtesy of the athletic. Um, That's going to do it for us. So we are, we are, I'm going to go back on vacation now for a week and then uh, we'll be back next week. I'm going to go find a kid to school. (laughs) It's not a habit. It's been an hour. I haven't yelled at a kid in an hour. I need to go get it out of my system. Yeah, they're at camps right now. So this is like my break in between being a taxi cab. <laughs> as, as I run kids back and forth between their activities. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this. We've both doubled the amount of kids that we have since we started this podcast eight years ago. Yeah. For me, though, it's simple addition. It's just one plus one. For you, you need, like, calculus to figure out how many you <laughs> no, actually No, just have. simple multiplication. Two times two. Equals four. Um, yes. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, well, enjoy being in a, in a free Uber who doesn't get paid or yeah. tipped. Usually, it ends up costing me my money 
more money because they keep asking for like food stops and at this point sometimes just picking up drive through is easier yeah oh i can definitely relate with that um and again get ready um please put it on your calendar july 24th monday july 24th it's the day before the bears report to training camp it'll be our kickoff to training camp show live at the obvious shirts store in wrigleyville um come hang out with us uh, we haven't had a live show in a long time we're gonna have fun there what time um, again tell everybody it's at 6 6 p.m not a.m i wouldn't make that <laughs> no it's at six and i uh I, i'm i'm excited and willing to uh maybe even throw out the idea of uh going to a different establishment after the show nearby i hear wrigleyville i was literally has, just thinking that. yeah wrigleyville has some of those i've heard um, so perhaps we'll we'll coordinate that too and have some bonus time uh, for those that come out to Obvious Shirts. You'll be able to pick up some merch, hang out, um, and of course, if anybody who's followed Obvious Shirts, you can even they got plenty more than just Hogan John stuff that'll be there, um, and so many of their good shirts and products. And um, we have some. I can't reveal everything, but we've been talking to them, and we have some new items coming out that we're really excited about. So all of that you'll hear about in the next couple weeks and hopefully it'll all be ready um, and at the store that day but if not it'll also be available to order um, in the new near future so all right fun episode today we'll be back next week we're not going on any more long hiatuses but it will just be one episode this week one episode next week and then we're back like we normally are going full go for the rest of the football season can't wait for that and uh, hopefully we'll see you at obvious shirts on July. Talk to you next week. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?